0: What's going on, family? This is your boy, DJ Preach, the founder of The Life Show Radio. And I see that you're doing great things right now by keeping it locked here on the MTMV Sports Podcast. Y'all better be talking about the Carolina Panthers. Let's go! This is Sancia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked.
1: Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation, or IBSC. Linzess, or linacletide, is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements individual results may vary do not give to children less than six and it should not be given to children six to less than 18 it may harm them do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain especially with bloody or black stools the most common side effect is diarrhea sometimes severe if it's severe stop taking lens s and call your doctor right away other side effects include gas stomach area pain and swelling Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to LynnZess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S.com or call 1-800-LINZESS.
0: You've been camping in your backyard, cycling in your living room. You've been enjoying rain showers in your bathroom, campfires on your TV screen. You've been counting stars and birds from your window and holding family cookouts in the kitchen. Now, get ready to go. Go on a real vacation. Take the wheel at your nearest RV dealer or at GoRV.com.
2: Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On the program, I have DJ Dramos. He is the producer of the nationally syndicated radio morning.
3: What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again.
4: To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com.
3: What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again.
4: To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com.
2: Show, the Breakfast Club, which is hosted by DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlamagne Tha God. We're going to have him on the program to talk about The Breakfast Club, also to talk a little bit about some other projects he's working on, and of course, the New York City sports team. That's all coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show.
1: As a professional gamer and small business owner, work hard, play hard has always been Ellie's motto. With everyone at home and looking for ways to connect, Ellie's business boomed and the views rolled in, turning her finances into a dragon she couldn't slay on her own. Then she got QuickBooks. We organize her finances, automatically sort transactions into tax categories, help snap and sort receipts for easy filing so she can keep building her online kingdom. Sign up today at QuickBooks.com. Ace is the place with the helpful
5: hardware, folks. Summer's here and it's time to get grilling. So let our Ace Grilling experts help you choose the right grill for your family from the best brands like Big Green Egg Charcoal Grills, Traeger Wood Pellet Grills, and Weber Gas Grills. And since our stores are locally owned and we're committed to helping our neighbors, we'll also assemble and deliver your grill for free. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their grills. Offer valid for Ace Rewards members through July 13th on grills and accessories three ninety nine dollars and up. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions.
0: Ace
6: is the place with
0: the
5: helpful hardware, folks. Summer's here and it's time to get grilling. So let our Ace Grilling experts help you choose the right grill for your family from the best brands like Big Green Egg Charcoal Grills, Traeger Wood Pellet Grills, and Weber Gas Grills. And since our stores are locally owned and we're committed to helping our neighbors, we'll also assemble and deliver your grill for free. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their grills. Offer valid for Ace Rewards members through July 13th on Grills and Accessories 3.99
6: and up. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions. People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately... You may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician.
0: You've been camping in your backyard, cycling in your living room. You've been enjoying rain showers in your bathroom, campfires on your TV screen. You've been counting stars and birds from your window and holding family cookouts in the kitchen. Now, get ready to go. Go on a real vacation. Take the wheel at your nearest RV dealer or at goRV.com.
6: You know, our representation matters. Why? Because our boy up in here, Dramos, a round of applause for Dramos. He, he's Puerto Rican. Yes. Right? He's in here with his Puerto Rican jersey on this morning. He okay. is glowing. He's talking about how last night was the greatest Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. Drum, tell <laughs> us, tell us why the performance was so good. Drum, why did you enjoy it? All Give right. us that same energy you've been giving us all morning. I got you. Okay,
7: so aside from just being a great overall performance, music wise, the dance and everything, it had uh, political context, social context, and then they also used their platform to elevate other artists that are Latin artists to, to bring them into that mainstream platform, like so. Rod and Rabbit.
2: Okay, you're and, all right, everybody, welcome back to the program. That audio is courtesy of The Breakfast Club, which is a nationally syndicated radio morning show broadcasted in over 90 cities across the United States, and it's also simulcasted on the Revolt Television Network, and I've got him on the program. We want to welcome to The Robinson Show the producer of the nationally syndicated radio morning show, The Breakfast Club, and also he is – a DJ for a local New York City radio station and also he's involved in some other things. Let's welcome to the welcome him to the program, DJ Dramos. Hey Dramos, what's going on?
7: Hey, what's up man? Thank you for having me.
2: All right. No problem, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. So uh, let's get right to it. Uh, Before we talk about the breakfast club and all that other stuff, let's talk about uh, the New York city sports scene. Now you grew up in New Jersey. You grew up in Jersey city to be exact, which is right across the Hudson river from uh, lower Manhattan. So you, of course you're in uh, New York is just uh, right there. So I want to ask you about the Knicks, The, the Knicks, um. Are one of the premier franchises, not just in the n b a but also in sports, but they haven 't been very good in a long 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 time i mean uh, the team <laughs> is very the, yeah the team is very young and um they 've got flashes of of youth, but they need experience we 've been hearing we 've heard all the, the the horrible stories about the the owner of the team James Dolan. What do the Knicks, mm-hmm. the Knicks need to do, in your opinion, to to try to get over that hump and to bring the magic back to uh, Madison Square Garden? Man,
7: um, well, I, I grew up in the era of like the John Starks of the world, man, and and that to me was was such an amazing time period to be in, in the New York area and be like a New York sports fan. But obviously, we're a long ways away from that. Uh, I mean, I, I, you you mentioned Dolan. I, I kind of think it all it all starts with him. You know, um, we all we all heard recently in the news about how management and Dolan, they they kind of fumbled getting LeBron. Um, you know, they had a, a chance to get him, and it was a horrible meeting. So I think it starts there. I think, you know, until that's addressed, the, 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 you know, front office situations and the ownership, unfortunately you're probably not going to be getting some of these marquee players that we would need to, to really elevate the team. You know, I think it starts there.
2: Well, let's stay with the Knicks for a moment, Dramos. You know, uh, Lynn Sanity, when Jeremy Lynn uh, – Became mm. a member of the New York Knicks. It was only a uh, uh, several seasons ago. I mean, the city was at a fever pitch when uh, Sanity mm-hmm. hit New York. What was what was the uh, the atmosphere like when uh, Jeremy Lin was a New York Nick from 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 your experience?
7: It was incredible, man. I think it was the first time we we felt like we had something to celebrate. You know, uh, we had this sort of like Cinderella story. Uh, and, and it was it was amazing. It was, it was super exciting, and then obviously uh, equally as disappointing when when he didn't end up signing uh, back with the Knicks.
2: Yeah, man, I, I remember watching those uh, those Knicks games during the uh, the Linsanity period, man. and the Knicks fans, mm-hmm. it seems as though that the magic was back for a minute. You know, back to the days of Ewing and Oakley, and as you mentioned with mm-hmm. John Starks, and of course, rest in peace, Anthony Mason, man. So uh, the Knicks mm-hmm. are are have had their struggles. They're, they're still re- rebuilding. You, you mentioned about it starts at the top with uh, with James Dolan, but what about some of the players that you've seen on this uh, the current Knicks team? Uh, R.J. Barrett, what's the future? What do you think mm-hmm. the future holds for R.J.?
7: I mean, I, I, saw, I, I think it's a little bit too early to tell still. You know, obviously, I, I like what you said. We see maybe some flashes of, of potential greatness in there, but um, you know, he's going he's gonna to need help. You know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I don't think he is a premier talent like a Zion who can kind of just step foot on the court and, and really change, you know, a, a franchise. Um, you know, he's going to need some some pieces around him to not only mentor him, but also allow him to not have that burden, you know, of having the, the load being totally on him as he's still trying to develop as a player.
2: I want to stay with one player that you mentioned, uh, Zion Williamson. Uh, when the draft lottery had happened and when the New Orleans Pelicans took the first pick. And when the New Orleans Pelicans was awarded uh, the number one overall pick, we knew automatic automatically that the Pelicans would draft Zion Williamson, but we know New Yorkers were banking on drafting Zion. It was Zion or bust. What was your reaction? What was the the reaction of fellow New Yorkers when uh, the Knicks didn't, didn't get uh, the number one uh, pick?
7: I mean, it was more of the same, basically, New York Knicks type of history repeating itself, you know. Um, but I also, I I think we're also fooled because I think in the New York market and, and Knicks fans in general, like, we get so excited about things, you know, we, we get all hyped up and we start telling ourselves that all these things are going to happen, and then we obviously get let down. I mean, we mm-hmm. just kind of were in a frenzy thinking that maybe Kevin Durant was going to come to the Knicks, so. Um, just more of the same thing—the same circus. Where you know, as Knicks fans, we get a little bit too hyped up, and then we set ourselves up for for disappointment when the inevitable happens.
2: All right. Well, uh, let's move on to another basketball team in the New York metropolitan area. That's the Brooklyn Nets. Before I ask you about Brooklyn, the Nets, of course, had some great had many great seasons in New Jersey. Did you follow the Nets when they were playing in um, in uh, at the Meadowlands?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge Jason Kidd fan, so when he came over to the Nets, um, you know, that was a, a really great time period to, to be in the area, and the Nets were definitely, you know,
2: a team that I, I supported wholeheartedly. Do you remember the era when Kenny Anderson and Drazen Petrovic played there? Uh,
7: it's a little before my time, obviously. You know, I, I know of the, the legendary status of those guys, but uh, I don't remember actually watching them play.
2: Okay, well, fair enough. Well, let's, let's move on to the Nets in uh, across the, uh, well, I guess you could say from Manhattan to Brooklyn, uh, across the uh, the East mm-hmm. River. So, uh, they're playing at Barclays, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of high hopes for the Nets this year. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, of course, with Spencer Dinwiddie and DeAndre Jordan. Well, uh, Durant's hurt. Uh, Kyrie has been hurt, and DeAndre Jordan is hurt. But what before the injury, well, we know KD was hurt, so he wasn't going to play this year, but What's the anticipation like with this Nets team coming together? Because we know primarily New York City has always been, as far as basketball is concerned, a Nick town. But with the Nets mm-hmm. putting this roster together, has the focus shifted to Brooklyn, or are things still focused more in Manhattan?
7: I mean, I think you're never gonna gonna top the energy of, of Madison Square Garden. So the Knicks will always sort of have that to fall back on. But, yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people are sort of, you know, allowing themselves to also be a Brooklyn Nets fan as well as a Knicks fan, you know. Um, And there's a lot of things to like. I mean, you talk about a a team that has been competitive for for years and now has added two superstars that hopefully, you know, once they kind of work out the injuries and and get to actually get on the court together, hopefully we will start producing. Um, and then you know you have a, a, a area like Brooklyn that it, it's just a, a cool area right now. You know it is basically like the new Manhattan. That's where a lot of people hang out. There's a lot of things to do there. Um, you know where the the Barclays Center is. You know there's there's a lot of cool things to hang out and bars and, and you know nightlife over in, in those areas. So Brooklyn is cool. Brooklyn's popping. I mean you, you know you just even the jerseys, everything about it. There's this whole aesthetic about Brooklyn that is really interesting, um, and and even just The opposite comparison when it comes to the Knicks, you know, you hear a lot of good things about the ownership uh, in Brooklyn. So I think a lot of people are, 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 you know, kind of allowing themselves to be
2: fans maybe of both teams if they were originally a Knicks fan at one point. Yeah, you're right about that. Brooklyn has definitely been a, a cultural institution for quite some time, and it's really people are, mm-hmm. like you said, that area is really pop, popping with with the uh, building of that, that beautiful arena, and a lot of things are happening. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens whenever KD and Kyrie and uh, DeAndre Jordan get healthy, and we'll we'll see how the, what the future holds for the Brooklyn Nets. Now, we talked about the two basketball teams. Let's talk about the two uh, baseball teams, the Yankees and the Mets. We know the Yankees, uh, mm-hmm. the Bronx Bombers, they have eight history. They, I mean, the names, Jeter and Bernie and uh, Rivera, and they go on and on and on. But w- w- the future seems right for the Yankees. Of course, with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and um, a host of other, uh, Gary Sanchez and a host of other players, what's your mm-hmm. take on the, uh, on the Yanks for this uh, shortened major league baseball season?
7: I mean, listen, uh, the, the Yanks, the Yankees were, you know, basically, you know, a, a couple of wins away. They were right there, you know? So, Um, I think that they are going to be even better this year. I think they've addressed some of the issues of the last season where maybe pitching was a bit of a concern. Um, But I expect them to to be right
2: up there once again, you know, competing to,
7: to make it out there for a chance to win the World Series.
2: All right. Well, that's fair enough right there. And, of course, the Yankees have a great history. The team that has a great history. But, um, I don't know uh, I, I have a confession to make. I'm a fan of the New York Mets, but uh I want to talk uh, about mm. the, Mets. Uh, the Mets. The Mets the Mets <laughs> the Mets played in the World <laughs> Series a few years ago. I'm still a little upset about them losing to the Kansas City Royals, but nevertheless, um uh jo- Joannis, uh Joannis Cespedes, uh is coming mm-hmm. back He's He's healthy. He's ready to go. Um they have a great pitcher with um uh Noah Syndergaard. He's currently injured right now, but Jacob Degrom is a, is an effective pitcher. They've um, mm-hmm. got some great great talent on that roster. Um, what's your take on the Mets?
7: I mean, as a lifelong Yankees fan, I, I hate the Mets. Uh, you know,
2: but some,
7: almost <laughs> as much as I hate Boston. But uh, okay, but I, I okay. will. I mean, listen. The the funny thing about the Mets is though, like the Mets to me are are a lot of times like look good early in the season, and a lot of times on paper have a competitive team. But somehow, some way, the Mets always find a way to like to be the Mets, you know, and they end up dropping the ball, you know, some somehow, some way. Um, so I, I, that's I kind of at this point, I just expect more of the same, you know, from the Mets.
2: Well, we shall see. I know one thing. Uh, one of the other bright spots for the Mets was that Pete Alonso won the National League Rookie of the Year. So he had fifty, or mm-hmm. fifty-three home runs uh, this uh, last season. So he was one of the bright spots for the Mets. Now let's move on now to football. Giants or Jets? Who mm-hmm. do you like?
7: Man, I, I gotta admit, this is where I, I kind of deviate from being a New York fan. I'm, I'm randomly a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan.
2: Oh, okay. Well, let's well let's talk the Bucs for a moment. Um, TB12, uh, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, and Rob Gronkowski. Yes. So, um, we know that there's a lot of um uh, things still being worked out. The NFL recently said that they they will only play two preseason games uh mm-hmm. this preseason so i don't know i know gronk and tb12 they have a chemistry but tom is still working out the kinks with his brand new teammates where do you see the bucks uh what do you see the bucks uh going in, in this 2020 season
7: i mean i i have pretty high expectations you know i'm not going to go as far as to say they're super bowl contenders you know right off the bat but I mean, if, if you really look at it, you know, the, the Bucks were in most of those games for the most part. And if it wasn't for the fact that James Winston was a turnover machine, you know, I, I think we would have had a, a lot of, a, you know, a, our record would have reflected that a lot more. You know, we have a, a good defense. You know, we have some uh, some stars like Mike Evans, you know, out there. And, and I think, um, you know, the, the O-line is a little bit questionable. It's something I'm, I'm a little bit concerned with. But I think you add – you know, a leader like, like Tom Brady and, and, you know, a proven winner, you know, I think guys are really going to fall in line
2: and, and really play their hardest. All right. So it's again, uh, Tom, Tom's getting um, acquainted with his teammates. And I'll tell you what, he's moved from the AFC East now to the NFC South. And the NFC South mm-hmm. is one of the, the best divisions in the NFL. You've got the new Orleans saints and you've got the Atlanta mm-hmm. Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. That's Drew Brees. Matt Ryan and Teddy Bridgewater. He's going to be playing those guys twice in the same season. We know Tom has had a lot, has gone up against a lot of great uh, quarterbacks throughout his time. You think he's going to be able to do well in the NFC South?
7: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you know somebody like him is just such a student of the game, such uh, you know a, a person who's overly obsessed with the game. I mean, the fact that he's playing at this level at the at that age just shows you, you know, he, he basically. Lives and breathes football; his entire life revolves around it. So, you know, to me, a guy like that, you know, I don't think it matters where you you put him in in what division. You know, he's a he's a winner, nonetheless. All right, fair enough. Uh, do you follow hockey? Um, not really, man. You know, I, I I remember kind of rooting for the the Rangers as a kid, watching them. You know, uh, throughout the Gretzky era. So I always have a, a soft spot for for the Rangers, but I, I can't say that I'm overly. Uh, informed on it. I mean the, I you know, I, I followed obviously was well, I don't even know at this point a few years ago when they kinda of were, were having some of those playoff runs but we couldn't really get off the hump. But, you know, I can't say that I
2: follow it too closely. I thought you would have said you would have followed the, uh, the New Jersey devils playing in uh, downtown Newark at the rock. I thought you would have been a, a little bit of a Devils fan, But I, I could see that during the time, the Rangers had a, a great team in 94 with Mark Messier. And of course, when like you said when Gretzky got there, those are some great, some bright spots for uh, the Rangers. So uh, let's move on now to the, to a show that you produce. You are the producer of the nationally syndicated radio morning show, the breakfast club, man, that's, <laughs> I tell you what, Drum the, the, Mm-hmm. The show is very interesting, but it's. I want to ask you as a producer, it, being mm-hmm. a producer, you're, you're the producer and the board operator of the show. So not only are you coordinating things and you're scheduling things, but you also have to manage personalities, not just amongst the guests, but amongst the the hosts, DJ Envy, Angela mm-hmm. Yee, and Charlemagne the God. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's it like having to manage those three personalities the best way you know how?
7: Well, uh, I mean, first and foremost, I'm I'm lucky that, you know, it's not just me, uh, you know, in there as far as our, our producer team. You know, we have uh, three other people that are really, really a part of that team as well and, and that, uh, you know, are far more responsible for, for that kind of stuff than I would be. But I think, you know, as far as it, it's tough, you know, you, you're talking about three personalities that have been doing this for a very long time, um, you know, and, and there are, are, you know, with anything, you know, you kind of have to know. Your way around things and, and, you know, getting people to to kind of stay in in line to make sure the show runs smoothly. And, and, you know, so it's obviously, it's tough. It's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but at the same time, you know, they're all professionals. They're all, you know, incredibly gifted and and, and amazing at what they do. So it makes, it makes it a lot easier. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, times you have to make sure everybody's prepared and we're about to go live, you know, in, in 20 seconds and you want to make sure that You know, Angela Yee is prepared with her notes and and knows what audio she wants to be calling for and and you want to make sure, you know, Envy knows what he's setting up and and all those different things. So there's a lot of moving parts that you kind of have to be aware of, uh, you know, as we're going in and out of being live on the show.
2: Club for a moment. As I mentioned earlier, the show began airing locally in the New York City market in 2010, and in and, uh, the flagship mm-hmm. station in New York is uh, Power 105.1 FM. That's uh WWPR FM in New York City, and it became a nationally syndicated show in 2013 what are the differences between – have you noticed any differences in how the show is being presented from a a local – not just from a local standpoint, but from a a nationally syndicated standpoint?
7: Yeah, I mean, there are are subtle things. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, the Breakfast Club is going to be the Breakfast Club. You know, they're not going to uh, change what it is that makes them them just because we're getting added to another city. But with that said, you know, we, we do have to be selective about the music that gets played during the show because you want to make sure that it's something, you know, that it's songs that are popular uh, throughout all the markets, that it's not something that is just a regional record, let's say, in New York City. Um, and and also, you know, when it comes to topics, it's just making sure we're focusing on, on different, you know, stories that are happening throughout some of the markets that we're in. Obviously, you know, like you said, 90-plus markets um, in, the, in the U.S. and also now we just added Toronto, so in Canada. So, we can't hit Lots every story, but thank you. Yeah. So, you know, we, and we can't hit every, every story, but you know, obviously we want to make sure that um, every market knows that just because we're not there in person doesn't mean that we're not thinking of them, you know? So obviously if something big happens in Toronto, we make sure we, we show them respect to, to cover it. And um, even just changing now the intro of the show where Envy would always say, you know, good morning USA. We now have added and and Toronto, you know what I mean? So it's little, little nuances like that to make sure that everybody feels included and just, doing our best i mean obviously when the show originally started it's going to be primarily new york centric topics but now that it's you know grown into this whole monster it's making sure that you know we're covering the biggest
2: stories that are that are national headline stories let's stay with uh, the the markets that you're in do you have um who has a say so in how many markets the breakfast club is carried in
7: um, I mean, uh, there's not like a matter of fact of like how many they're allowed to be in or whatever the case may be, but um, Premier Radio Networks is who distributes it and, and they're owned by iHeart uh, as well. So, it's, you know, they're, they're the ones kind of moving and, and shaking and, and, you know, talking to different markets and, and seeing who would be interested in carrying the breakfast club and, and things like that. So um, that's kind of Premier's uh, responsibility for for
2: syndicating the show. I want to stay with the breakfast club again uh I want to talk about mm-hmm. some of the segments that are featured on the show. I would say one of my favorite segments uh is uh, a segment that charlemagne does called uh, a it's called donkey of the day and uh, uh mm-hmm. can you explain to the audience dramas like what the Donkey of the Day segment is all about um featuring Charlemagne?
7: Yeah, it's basically giving people the credit they deserve for being dumb, is the way he puts it. So uh, okay. you know, he'll he'll go through uh, some different stories that run across his, his you know uh, the, our our you know feeds or his own feeds, and he'll you know pick one each day that he thinks deserves credit for for being highlighted for
2: how dumb that person or that situation was. That segment is funny. I just love listening to that. Whenever I'm uh, I'm on YouTube and uh, looking up segments for the mm-hmm. Breakfast Club, I, that's the first one. The first video I always look for is Donkey of the Day. That is hilarious. Yeah. I, and uh, did he come yeah, up with one of the our, uh, our, our
7: more popular one?
2: Yeah. Did he come up with the reference uh, to Caucasian people calling them uh, mayonnaise? Did he come up with that? Yeah. Uh, I mean
7: I don't I don't know what the origin story is, but it's definitely a like Charlemagne ism definitely the mayonnaise thing uh is definitely something that he's he's run with uh himself for
2: sure. Wow, that is it's it's clever. It's clever but I'm not, I laugh every time <laughs> I hear him say that. And what's even better is that he has um Remy Ma doing the hee haw and uh uh mm-hmm. Chelsea Handler doing the uh that's way too much mayonnaise. That's, un- right, <laughs> that's right.
6: unbelievable.
2: That is unbelievable. Do you have a creative input in that segment, or is that all Charlemagne?
7: I mean, it's definitely his baby. You know, it's something that he was already doing prior to even getting with the Breakfast Club, you know, when he was on other radio stations. Um, so it's definitely his baby. But we'll definitely, you know, um, our one of our other producers, Dan, will have, like, a, a list of, of stories that he thinks might be donkey-worthy, and then we'll all kind of chime in as well, like, hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Um, or when, you know, he's kind of discussing it in the, in the room, uh, you know, we'll kind of chime in and be like, yeah, I think that one was probably the, one of the crazier ones I've heard this week. But it's definitely, you know, uh, credit to him. I mean, that's definitely like his baby, his brainchild. You know, he's definitely the, the brain vomit.
2: Wow. I mean, I tell you what, his his uh, comedic style on the segment and, of course, his hard-hitting interviews, I can really tell that he's uh, always said that he comes from the uh, the Wendy Williams School of Broadcasting. i tell you that. and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I also want to uh, – another segment I want to bring up is the rule. A, um, another one of my favorite ones with Angela Yee. Is this all? Uh, is this Angela's brainchild as well?
7: Yeah, um, you know, so Angela is obviously that's that's sort of her her lane. You know, she's she's very much involved and knows what's going on with the blogs and all those kinds of things. And and you know, kind of similarly to what happens with um, you know Donkey of the Day, we'll kind of suggest like, hey, did you kind of see this story popping up? Or we'll be like, hey, um, I think you should cover this one. It was it was trending this week. Things like that. You know, but, um, but yeah, she definitely, like, you know, knows a lot of the things she wants to talk about, um, and there, you know, there'll also be another list of, like, top stories, and, and she'll, you know, kind of sift through them and see which ones she kind of thinks are, are, are worthy. But um, for the most part, again, that, yeah, that's her her brainchild, and then we all kind of chime in and be like, hey, I think you should talk about this today, and, and um, she'll take a look at it.
2: Similar to Charlemagne dramas, you know Charlemagne does the uh, the hard hitting interviews. Now, Angela has, and she's continued mm-hmm. to really improve her her interview style, her in her her style mm-hmm. of interviews. I think I caught the recent interview she did with August Alcina. That was really beautiful. Do you think? Um, again, do do you do you and the other producers help Angela with that, or again, this is just all something that she really uh, takes control on on those particular uh, the interview segments
7: um i mean with the interviews they'll definitely usually be like um you know our interns will help do some prep you know some general prep but you know that's really just like a basic skeleton of of like you know what exactly the person is coming in to talk about or what they have going on currently but as, as far as you know their interview style and a lot of times the question they ask they ask you know it's really based upon their own interests you know they they write their own questions for the most part um and, and come up with you know where they want to take the conversation you know for the for the most part we, we just kind of try to give them a, a guideline of you know um what is going on with that particular person they're interviewing but you know they they will sit there and prep before an interview and and kind of figure out what storyline or, or that they kind of want to tackle
2: all right, another person I want to talk about, another uh, intricate part of that show is DJ Envy. I've followed his career for quite mm-hmm. some time. He started off um, DJ, uh, being a part of the Desert Storm crew with Fabulous and, mm-hmm. and DJ Clue and a whole bunch of other people, and then he's transitioned from being uh, one of the co-hosts of the Breakfast Club. I almost look at him as like the quarterback because he's kind of like pitching the segments over to Charlemagne and to Angela, but also he, he kind of takes control as well with the, um, one of the segments that I, I, I love, not just with him, but also with the other two hosts on the show with, with Charlemagne and Angela is the, uh, Call in and weigh in What he says uh um call in at one eight hundred I I can't remember what the number <laughs> is but it's like the a, a call in and weigh in segment mm-hmm. he kind of leaves that off nicely um what do you think uh Envy's uh role is as well I like what Envy does also as well with the uh the the real estate segments and the financial segments mm-hmm. as well what role does he play as a part of the show?
7: Yeah, I mean I I think you know what's interesting about um. Envy is he, I think he doesn't get the accolades that he deserves. I mean, obviously all three incredibly talented individuals, they wouldn't be where they are if that wasn't for the case. But um, yeah, I, I think you, you summed it up perfectly. Envy is like the quarterback. He is the one that kind of keeps the, the, you know, the car on the road. Um, and, and he has to reel things in, you know, in, in the live situation when they're having conversations and things like that. And he's cognizant, um, you know, along with myself of timing and, and, and things like that. So he he definitely is the quarterback steering the ship, and you know, and um, that's kind of one of those things that unless you're really paying attention, unless you maybe really have like a real interest in radio or, or journalism or broadcasting, that you probably wouldn't notice. But yeah, envy is definitely, um, you know, the show definitely sounds a lot different when he's not there. It doesn't go as smoothly. You know, he's definitely there to to
2: kind of keep everything in line. Yeah, rightfully so. I, I noticed that as well. I was like, man, en- envy's got to be there to kind of just kind of like you said, keep everything in line and be aware of the timing and you know, to get them in Mm -hmm. and get them out. Now, there have been some uh, classic moments on The Breakfast Club. I want to ask you, were you present for um, a gentleman Mm -hmm. by the name of Birdman?
7: I was not. That was was actually, at that point, I was still listening to The Breakfast Club in my car, like on my way to a a regular job. So I actually was just a fan of The Breakfast Club at that time.
2: Okay, fair enough. Well, during your time with the show, are there, are there any moments to, um, so far that, that kind of stick out in your mind? Like, oh, wow, this was a, a good segment or somebody kind of uh, got a little uh, rambunctious. Is there anything that comes to your mind when it comes to that?
7: Yeah, I mean, I remember my – like, so I had started with the show. We, we operated out of a couple of different studios, so I was working out of one of the other ones. Um, and then as I was being integrated into actually the role I have now, um, you know, being with the hands-on role, I was, uh, my first day in that room, like, I was sitting in a corner, like, basically just, like, shadowing um, to kind of get a feel for what I was going to be doing, and that happened to be the day that uh, the Desus and Mero interview happened, you know, where Envy confronted them for for talking about his wife, and and it got pretty tense, and that was, like, a big viral moment. Uh, So, that was, like, my first day on the job, basically, uh, was in there, so that's one that I'll definitely, you know, never
2: forget. Oh, I talk about being in the line of fire, huh? Yeah.
7: (laughs) No idea what Uh to do. I
2: just sat there in the corner. Okay. Well, we'll talk more about uh, broadcasting and other things that you're doing in a little bit, but I want to get now to uh, something that's plagued our uh, world for uh, quite some time since March, and that's the uh, coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic. We've seen uh, firsthand what it did in New York City, which was uh, the epicenter of it in the United States for quite some time. I want to ask you – from what's gone on from what has gone on and what's currently going on right now, this is a two part question. First, I want to ask you, um, how have, how have New Yorkers handled the pandemic? And also how, what have you done to, uh, maintain your sanity during this time?
7: Man. Um, I think New Yorkers overall, I mean, like anybody else frustrated, you know, you want to get back to your, your regular life, but, you know, to, to their credit, you know, we are now one of the few states that is actually moving in the right direction, and, and that's just a testament to people, you know, uh, sucking it up and, and, and really taking this seriously, and, and as well as, you know, our, our leadership taking it seriously and making sure that they implemented rules that, that force people to do so. Um, And, you know, for me personally, you know, thankfully, you know, I, I still have my job, and we still have the Breakfast Club, you know, even it's, it's, even though we're operating in a different way now, but... At least I, I got to keep somewhat of my normal routine as far as my schedule goes. And then outside of that, man, it's just kind of diving into creative projects, you know, uh, and really just trying to be productive and, and make sure that I, I keep my mind, you know, focused on those things so that I don't go too crazy. That, that's really been like my, my main thing when it, when it comes to this whole, whole experience is just, you know, really focusing in on, on projects and, and staying at to, to some, some sort of schedule.
2: You know, you, made, you mentioned a good point, Drama. She talked about just working on other projects and just being creative in general. If I, I think I look mm-hmm. at this pandemic as just being a silver lining in everything. I think I look at it as like, okay, you know, the unfortunate thing is that people have, have gotten sick from it. People have died, and, and you know, people mm-hmm. weren't there to spend those last moments with their loved ones. But on the on the other side of the coin, people have – rediscovered themselves. They've learned new skill sets. Mm-hmm. Like you said, people have become creative. They've become um m- more productive during this pandemic. And the ones that are doing that, in my opinion, I think people are going to become so much better from this. That's that's my, my take on that.
7: Yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, you, you know, for me personally, I decided uh, you know, to start doing like a daily Instagram daytime talk show. I would go out after the breakfast so I would wrap up. I would hop on IG live and do like a full blown hour long daytime talk show. Um, And I did that for, I think every day for almost two months straight. Uh, And that, that's definitely, you know, talking about what you're saying, it's true. That helped me find my voice. And I think really started telling me what direction I wanted to go in. And now, you know, as we sort of come out of this quarantine to a degree, I've now, you know, trying to turn it into a a full blown show and then understanding, you know, this kind of new path that I'm going on. So, Obviously, as many terrible things and the loss of life that we've seen is absolutely horrendous, um, you know, but on on the positive side, I I can say that, you know, I'm walking away from this with a a, a newfound appreciation and just excitement for for what's next.
2: All right, rightfully so. And uh, speaking of uh, an excitement, there's been – well, not an excitement, but there's been uh, – the world has has, uh – Paid attention to uh, the, the tragic death of George Floyd and and the mm. immense uh, the the overwhelming uh, support and the outpouring of of protests that have happened all around the world. Uh, Your the show that you're a part of, the Breakfast Club. They've been uh, interviewing mm. activists and. Uh, people that have been fighting for social change and justice for a very long time, even before the George Floyd thing ever came about. And from then, Mm -hmm. even until now, your show is still committed to promoting social change. But we've seen New York City. We've seen Minneapolis. We've seen Atlanta. We've seen a ton of cities that have and are still protesting for George Floyd and also um, combating social change how has how, not, how have new yorkers and how has the breakfast club continued to uh put the word out about advocating uh for social change
7: yeah i mean you know to the credit of the breakfast club i have to say that prior to all this you know this has always been their mo you know this isn't a reaction to um what we're seeing now the last couple months you know the breakfast club has always made an effort to uh give the platform to people who speak out against social injustices and different political things. And, um, you know, to their credit, we're doing more of the same as we always have, you know, obviously um, it's, it's heightened right now because this is all that we're seeing um, and it's all that people, you know, can talk about and want to talk about and rightfully so, because it is so egregious. So obviously we were focusing on it um, for the, you know, a lengthy period of time daily on our show, but, you know, to their credit, you know, they've always been a space that has fought for these types of things. And I think, you know, speaking of, of New York city, you know, I think for the most part, we're, we're seeing, you know, unity amongst all races, um, recognizing that there is an issue, you know, that there is a, a terrible issue that's gone on for, for way too long. And um, at least from, from what I've seen from my vantage point is that, you know, for the most part, it's all peaceful protests, you know, obviously there's been some pockets of, of, of violence, but for the most part, you know, with the amount of protesting that's happening, the majority have been, have been peaceful. So it's a beautiful thing to kind of see, all these different races coming together and and fighting for, for equality. All
2: right and that's good that you know peaceful protests have been happening not just in the New York City area you know making sure that you know things are for the most part being peaceful and then uh speaking of mm-hmm. of, of being peaceful I want to transition now to you've mentioned about with the coronavirus pandemic and all of that and the social unrest and things that are happening right now it's provided a platform for you and uh, another mm-hmm. visionary another artist you and your co-host Radamis have launched a podcast mm-hmm. called First Generation Talks, and First Generation Talks is a podcast that's dedicated to highlighting pop culture, hip hop, spirituality, and life from the Latino experience. Just tell our audience just a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little bit more about First Generation Talks.
7: Sure, um, yeah. So, so, Radim is, is a, is a hip hop artist uh, from Brooklyn. He's of Dominican descent, and him and I met. I, I interviewed him for, for a segment I was doing for the Breakfast of the YouTube channel. We, we, you know, just connected. Um, And we kind of both just felt felt the same way, that there was sort of this lack of representation as it pertains to American-born Latinos, you know, your first and second generation uh, Latinos. Because a lot of us, you know, we obviously grew up on the culture that our parents have passed down, you know, from from their native islands and native lands. But at the same time, you know, growing up in the New York City area, you know, we grew up on a lot of the same uh, things that that anybody else would have, you know, on hip-hop. And we have this deep appreciation and we feel a part of that culture, you know. We feel as we're a part of it. Um, so I think there is a lack of representation for people like us, uh, you know, when it comes to l- mainstream Latin media, you know, so that was kind of the, the whole genesis of wanting to start this podcast. Let's
2: stay with uh, like, like Latin media for a moment. Do you think for the most part that Univision and Telemundo, do you think they, they do an, an effective job of highlighting uh, Latinos in the media, or do you think – it can always be better?
7: Um, I mean, I, I obviously, I think, as I say, anything can always be better. I mean, to their credit, you know, they've been involved in, in uh, they were a part of the Democratic uh, debates so we saw with, with Joe Biden and, and Bernie Sanders, so they were represented there with CNN. Um, but I, I, I also just kind of think that those networks speak to a different generation. I don't, You know, I don't look to Univision uh, or, or uh, to, you know, Telemundo and, and kind of see myself within that. You know, I kind of uh, while I appreciate it and I, I appreciate the, the cultural impact they've made, I think it also just doesn't represent my generation per se. Um, and also, you know, traditionally in, in Latin media, there have has been, you know, sort of uh, discrimination as far as, you know, color goes and, and lack of representation of, of Afro-Latinos has traditionally happened within Latin media. So, you know, that's definitely something that needs to be improved in, and it is little by little, but... You know, um, that that's definitely something that I feel like Latin media has fallen short
2: of in, in the past. Rightfully so, and I think it's 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 always great. One thing I can say about the Internet, the Internet has really opened up a, a, a beautiful – I should say beautiful platforms for independent media, such as First Generation mm-hmm. Talks and a lot of independent podcasts. You know, we get the mainstream side of things, but let's hear – the independent side of things, let's hear the, uh, what's going on, on the, if you flip it to the other side of the coin because, remember, there's, you mm-hmm. know, there's two sides to every story. You know, let's, let's hear the independent thing. So we've got a lot of independent podcasts out there and first-generation talks. I mean I've watched, uh, I've watched a couple of the videos, and it was really good. The one I watched was with uh, Andy uh, Minio. And that was that was a, a yeah. really that was a really a good one, yeah.
7: Thank you, man. Yeah, he, he, and mean he, that was a that was a solid one. You know, he he got an interesting perspective. He's a white rapper, but he's married to a Puerto Rican, and he you know he also just has an interesting perspective of you know realizing his privilege, and and I think those conversations are, are so important, you know, because obviously we're talking about all these things right now, um, and when it comes to unfortunately a lot of white counterparts, there's like this defensiveness that comes up when you talk about white privilege and really nobody's, you know, shunning you for being born white. It's just, you know, we're just asking that you recognize the privilege that comes along with it and, and utilize it to combat, you know, some of the issues that we're seeing. So yeah, that conversation with Andy was one of my favorite ones that even just him talking about being a rapper and, and, you know, changing his mindset from wanting to do rapper things like wear chains and driving those nice cars to actually bossing up and wanting to own real estate and, and, you know, have a legacy that he can leave for his
2: family. So yeah, thank you, man. I, I love that episode too. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. And uh, let's uh, talk now about uh, some things. Well, you are you're also a DJ for uh, a popular New York City radio station and one of the most popular. Uh, I, I don't know if you can still call it a top forty. One of the legendary top forty radio stations in the in the world, a Z100. Tell mm-hmm. our audience, tell our audience a little bit about uh, the station Z100.
7: Yeah, I mean Z one hundred is one of the the flagship stations for, for iHeartRadio, you know, um it's on the top forty side of, of things. Um so yeah, it it's it's a legendary name in the New York market and, and anybody that's involved in media or radio um around the world for the most part, to be honest. They they know the Z one hundred name it's, they've built such a strong brand uh with that Z one hundred name and I, I get to do a weekly mix on there called uh the five o'clock whistle that has literally been going on since the '90s, so it's it's an uh, it's it's crazy to to think that I'm kind of carrying the torch of something that's been going on for so long, and and you know legendary DJs
2: before me have done it. Wow, that's awesome, man! Z100 again, one of those uh, great stations. Whatever you're in the New York City area, go ahead and check it out or listen to it. Listen to it online; just Google it. And uh, you're also involved mm-hmm. with the uh, vintage clothing store called ZCVLT Classics. Just tell our audience a little bit about that.
7: Yeah, so um, so yeah, pronounced cult classics, uh, because <laughs> I couldn't get the the U on on any of the URLs, okay. so I just made it be But uh, okay. but yeah, that's that's like a, a a passion project of mine. I mean, I'm a firm believer as well of like you read any business books and they talk about you know, um, people having at least seven lanes of of you know income, uh, seven possibilities of of making income. To, to generate wealth. So I'm always looking for, for different ways that I can kind of diversify and uh, and come up with other ways to, to kind of make, you know, more more money and, and set myself up and my family up. So this is just a cool passion project for me. I mean, I'm passionate about vintage clothing and just the nostalgia that goes along with it. Uh, and I have, you know, obviously pre-COVID, but I used to travel around the country and I would just, you know, go to random flea markets and thrift stores and things like that um, and pick things up for myself. And then I would pick up, you know, stuff that wasn't in my size or that I couldn't pull off. And Eventually, I just had a bunch of stuff, and I decided to, to launch it as, a, you know, my own little little side store, e-commerce store. So it's been a, a cool kind of, you know, um, thing that that makes income while you while you sleep, basically, you know. So and it's fun at the same time. So that's kind of been my my mindset with that.
2: All right man that's awesome and you definitely uh, got your hands full in a lot of projects so uh again DJ Dramo's thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program so quickly where can they find you on social media and if you have a website let them know that as well
7: Yeah, yeah absolutely listen man, I appreciate you reaching out this is a lot of fun um I love what you're doing
6: um and, and you can thank follow you. me
7: uh, I, of course man uh, my uh, my social I'm most active on Instagram and it's just at dj dramos d-r-a-m-o-s and then um i also recently we're about third we're about to drop the third episode um today but i just dropped a, a new show uh, on the breakfast clubs youtube channel called what the world needs now and it's sort of like a, a late night style talk show so um you know i encourage people to go go check that out we've had uh aries spears is my first guest uh comedian godfrey was the second one and, and this week it's a uh, you know fashion designer and artist. Uh,
2: Office London was my guest this week, so I encourage people to go check that out as well. Wow, that's awesome, man. And uh again, you're you're busy doing big things. I wanna ask you this. You're you're uh born and raised mm-hmm. in New Jersey, so why do uh why why such uh, why do people beat down so bad on New Jersey? What what's the deal with that? <laughs>
7: uh well See, I'm born in New York, raised in Jersey, so I was I can claim both, but I have a I have a true okay. true passion for for New Jersey. Like I have a true love for New Jersey, um the same way I love New York City. But I think Jersey just has so many like weird negative stereotypes. I'm sure the television show Jersey Shore didn't help it. Um but uh you know, I I think that that sort of goes along with it. Um but I I I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. It's just one of those like places that people love to like trash but um, but to be honest, man, it's, it's a great place to, to live, a great place to grow up. You're in close proximity to New York City, and, and there's a lot to do, a lot going on. So uh, I, I think people are just kind of following along with the bandwagon of, of trashing it without uh, actually checking it out. Yeah,
2: it, it is. Uh, yeah, New Jersey is a nice state. I mean, like you said, it's close proximity to New to New York City, and also uh, Philadelphia is mm-hmm. down uh, down I ninety five as well. So hey, you're in, in between yeah. uh, two major metropolitan cities, and the, hey, the Gi- the Giants and Jets they play there. So I guess you know they like They like it there, right? Right.
7: I mean, yeah, we you know it's, we have two major sports teams in, in our state. You know, like you said, it being close to Philly, we have the beaches down the shore. Honestly, you know, actually thinking about it, I think a lot of the things also come from when you fly into Newark Airport, what, what you see is not the most appealing part of New Jersey, and then, like, driving on that part of the turnpike does kind of smell a little bit. So, uh, so that might be, like, what turns people off and might be what their first, you know, interpretation of, of New Jersey is. But once you get away from that, uh, it is a really cool place.
2: Well, God bless the state of New Jersey, and God and God bless you, <laughs> DJ Dramos. And you heard it from him. He's a, a, a producer and a board operator for the nationally syndicated radio morning show, The Breakfast Club, which is hosted by uh, DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne Tha God. And you can uh, watch. You can. Uh, Listen to the show in 90-plus cities across North America because now they're on in Toronto. And also the show is simulcasted Mm -hmm. on the Revolt Television Network. Uh, Check your local Mm -hmm. listings for – time and uh station in your area and also don't forget he's the co-host of the podcast first generation talks with Radames, and also check him out on uh, z100 online dj dramos thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program and if ever you want to come back on feel free to let us know
7: absolutely man uh you know you let me know and I'll, I'll hop back on man best of luck with the show uh, again i love what you're doing thank you for having me
3: this summer a mountain becomes a water park bigger slides faster rides taller waves an adventure you'll never forget get ready to reach the peak of excitement in the great smoky mountains Soaky Mountain Water Park conquer the mountain season passes available online What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again.
4: To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com.
2: Thank you so much, and same to you, brother. Now, normally, I always end the show with something, but I'm going to let you end the show. Any message that you have for the listeners out there, in terms of just um, staying safe during this, this tough t- these tough times, or following dreams, mm-hmm. or it, I mean, any anything you want to say, I, I'll leave it up to you. The, the floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, you
7: know, I think right now, obviously, that we're we're sacrificing a lot of things in terms of our social lives and and, you know, maybe quality time.
3: What makes a business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it again.
4: To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com.
7: Our family or if we're watching people we love get sick, but I think you also have to find the silver lining in, in things. And right now we've been given the blessing of the world basically being on pause, you know, so all those ideas that we never had time for, all those projects, all those things that we wanted to maybe try out, now is the time to do it, you know. Um, there's no such thing as failure right now. We're watching as the world around us fails. So, you know, you have the opportunity to, Try things and, and have no fear of, you know, if it goes horribly wrong. You know, right now is the time to try. Um, and, and I encourage you to, to utilize this time to really just dive into things and, and find your
2: voice so that when this whole thing is over, you can really just hit the ground running. Thank you so much, DJ Dramos. And um, that's going to do it for another exciting edition of the Robinson Show. Remember, stay safe, stay inside, and then, you know, if you don't have to go anywhere, just stay home. Until next time, stick to mm-hmm. the script. I'm out. Peace.
6: You know our representation matters. Why? Because our board op in here, Dramos, a round of applause for Dramos. He, he's Puerto Rican. Yes. Right? He's in here with his Puerto Rican jersey on this morning. He's okay. glowing. He's talking about how last night was the greatest Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. Drom, tell us tell us why the performance was so good, Drom. Why did you enjoy it? Give uh, us that same energy you've been giving us all morning.
7: I got you. Okay. So aside from just being a great overall performance music-wise, the dance and everything, it had – uh, political context, social context, and then they also use their platform to elevate other artists that are Latin artists to, to bring them into that mainstream platform. Like Rabbit and Rabbit. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks.
5: Summer's here and it's time to get grilling. So let our Ace Grilling experts help you choose the right grill for your family from the best brands like Big Green Egg Charcoal Grills, Traeger Wood Pellet Grills, and Weber Gas Grills. And since our stores are locally owned and we're committed to helping our neighbors, we'll also assemble and deliver your grill for free. Around the block, what you need in stock with people People who know their grills offer valid for Ace Rewards members through July thirteenth for grills and accessories three ninety nine and up. See participating stores for scheduling or exclusions.
6: People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room, I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician.
4: What makes a
3: business a business? It's not the circumstances of a world that woke up on the wrong side of the bed that year, that decade. It's the everyday entrepreneur ready to put themselves out there. We're all sailing against the wind right now, but we will make it to shore. It's been done before, and we will do it
4: again. To help you get started, we're offering websites, marketing tools, and guidance all for free. Learn more at GoDaddy.com.
1: It's totally normal to be constipated with belly pain, straining, and bloating again and again. No way. Maybe it's occasional constipation. Maybe it's not. You could have a chronic condition called irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or Linaclotide is a prescription that treats IBSC c in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives to help relieve belly pain and let you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than 6, and it should not be given to children 6 to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Maybe it's not occasional constipation. Learn more at linzest.com or call one 800 linzess You may be able to talk to a doctor online. Visit linzest.com sponsored by Allergan and Ironwood.